To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot by Michael Althusler. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself, and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service to the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Andrea Smith, and today is my first time hosting. I'm currently going to be a senior at Santa Margarita Catholic High School, and I love everything that has to do with nature and the ocean. It has always been a dream of mine to host on a radio show, so I'm so excited for today, so let's get into it. Before we get into today's show that revolves around time travel, be sure to check out our website at btsya.org. As part of our disaster relief outreach program, Be The Star You Are has collaborated with the Authors Guild to showcase the new books launched by many authors from around the country in a variety of genres. Make sure you are tuned into Star Style Be The Star You Are on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time for Wednesdays with Writers and Express Yourself, airing on Sundays at 3 p.m. for Super Smart Sundays, both broadcasting right here on Voice America Network's Empowerment Channel. Additionally, California Humanities and the National Endowment for the Humanities as part of the CARES Act Economic Stabilization Plan of 2020 has just awarded our producer, Cynthia Bryan, a grant to continue producing and booking authors, musicians, actors, health professionals, and more on Express Yourself Teen Radio to give us and our guests a voice during this pandemic. Our lineup is stellar. Check us out at voiceamerica.com slash show slash 2014 slash express yourself. Thank you, California Humanities and NEH for helping Cynthia Bryan continue to produce quality programming during this time. Today, we have a great hour planned for you. 
In segment two, I will be interviewing Deborah Hunt, a nursing professor and writer who lives in New York. We will be wrapping up our show with my segment in the spotlight. Right now, I will be reading a chapter from Be the Star You Are for Teens by Cynthia Bryan. This is a chapter penned by Action Jack McClendon, a renowned speaker and entrepreneur. The Gift of Time by Action, Jack McLennan. They've got too much free, is what I would say to myself about people with ample leisure time. I had no time to chill. My daily routine was jammed. As a husband, as a husband active churchgoer, full-time student with a full-time job, I had endless work to keep me wired. I felt like family and friends relied on me for everything. My fidgeting hands and legs hip-hopped like Lil Wayne. I blamed my time crunch on everything and everyone but myself. Then, one really stressed out day, I noticed a hard, marble-sized lump in my throat that looked like an extra Adam's apple. The doctor thought it was can cancer and ordered me to get an MRI immediately. Fortunately, the test revealed that my condition was a result of stress, not cancer. On the way home from the clinic, I heard myself yell, help, save me from myself. I thought it was a funny thing to say until I realized it was a wake-up call. I needed help in the way I was using my time, but I wasn't sure why. Was I simply too busy? Was the clock to blame? Who was I kidding? I was responsible for my hamster wheel lifestyle. I wondered how I could save myself from me. Then I recalled reading that if you ask yourself an introspective question before going to sleep, your subconscious mind would answer it. So I softly repeated, how can I use time more wisely until I slipped into sleep? That night, I had a vivid dream that exceeded anything I could have imagined. Although the dream occurred over a dozen years ago, I remember it as if it were last night. I dreamt a step-by-step -step detailed workable time management system. It was like magic. I learned that the gift of time was connected to my ability to say no to good things and say yes to the best things. I discovered how to embrace prioritization. My dream gave me insight and self-respect about my limitations. Applying the time management system that I have develop developed has affected my life in countless positive ways. I discovered how to tap into my subconscious mind so that I can problem solve even while sleeping, I've learned to adjust my working style from a multitasking mindset 
into a single focus problem solving one. Teen life can be filled with nonstop activity, family obligations, the dating scene, and school deadlines can be overwhelming. That's why some teens revert to drugs so as to, quote, stay up with everything. But with the right time management system, you'll avoid all the snags that drugs and quick fixes create. And you'll discover how a balanced time management system will help you defeat stress in the short and long term. It will give you all the free time that you need to be at your best. Time is a gift to bless you, not to stress you. Today, I regularly block out free time every day because I've learned that without free time, I can never truly be free. Exercise time machine. Ask yourself an introspective question before going to sleep. Softly repeat the problem-solving question until you fall asleep. Keep a notepad near your bed and note how your subconscious mind directs you when you awake. Quote, seek free time because without it, you can never be free. Time is gift to bless you, not to stress you. Action Jack. Wow, I absolutely loved that chapter. I feel like I could really relate that to my own personal life, especially before quarantine. I feel like I never really had time for myself. And I think it's a common theme with like a lot of teens in high school that like in the end, like we don't even know, like we can't find who we really are, like our identity, what we want to do like later on in life. And um, especially with quarantine, like for me, and I know a lot of my friends, like, like having that downtime for myself, being able to do hobbies and things that I want to do outside of school, outside my extracurriculars, it has really allowed me to really be in tune, like with my soul. And in the end, I've been living a happier lifestyle. Like I haven't just been like a hamster on wheels, you know, just going through the motions of life. And I feel like now I do things with more purpose. So thanks for tuning into this segment. As a reminder, the newest book in the series, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, is available on starstylestore.net. Consider picking up a copy. I'm Andrea Smith. Your purchase benefits the Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity and this Express Yourself program as a donation. Check out youtube.com slash be the star you are for our fun and information videos on living, laughing, and learning. Visit us on www.btsya.org and check out our past editions of our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com. 
Keep on listening to our conversation about time travel. Express yourself after the break. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel the white house doctor makes house calls listen every week for house calls with dr connie mariano dr connie has served as the white house physician under three u.s presidents now she joins the voice america empowerment channel to help you enrich yourself physically emotionally and spiritually our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic Review, all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself. On the Voice America Empowerment Channel, I'm your host, Andrea Smith. We're here today with Deborah Hunt, a nursing professor and writer who lives in New York with her family and the incorrigible Chewy. Deborah has published children's books, 
nursing books, and a self-care book she penned with her daughter. She loves painting, hiking, gardening, and cooking, and often gets her story ideas while walking along beautiful beaches on Mount Hawk. She has completed several online classes on writing for children and is a member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. She has published three nursing books and several award-winning children's books. Her most recent book, The Visitor from 4D, received the Gold Award from Literary Titan, and her picture book, Same Inside, Different Outside, won first place in the Royal Dragonfly Book Awards and the Golden Award from Literary Titan. Welcome, Deborah, to Express Yourself. Thank you so much. Um, boy, that was a lot to uh, hear about myself. So thank you for that wonderful introduction. Oh, yeah, you have such a you have a really cool life. So um, our first question for you today is, how did you come up with the idea for the visitor from 4D? So um, as uh, you mentioned in my introduction, one of the places I get my ideas from is when I'm walking along the beach in Montauk, New York. It's the east end of um, Long Island, and uh, so it's the very end. And out there is um, a lighthouse, the Montauk Lighthouse, and also a place called Camp Hero, which had been an army base. And I guess I was walking along the beach, and I started thinking about, I've um, always been intrigued with time traveling and dimensions, and I just started thinking about... What if this little tiny visitor appeared one day? Um, and if you see, there's three children in the book, and my children are older now, but it was certainly, um, you know, based loosely upon them and this little visitor who comes from another dimension. Oh, that's really cool. Whenever I go to the, like, the beach, I love going to the ocean. I feel like it's a really great place to think about new ideas and different things. Yeah, um, so, our, yeah, it truly is. So, um, yeah, I've written lots of things out there. Yeah. So our next question is, um, you have published three nursing textbooks. So what made you decide to write books for kids? So writing books for children has been a lifelong dream of mine. And, um, you know, I became a nurse a while ago. And at some point, I transitioned into academia, and I went back for my doctoral degree and did a lot, a lot of writing. And at one point, someone asked me to review their nursing book, and so I hadn't had much luck getting published in my children's writing, and so I kind of went off and did a lot of uh, nursing writing. And it's funny, almost kind of... it almost opened the door because I never gave up my children's writing dreams, so I kept writing and I kept submitting and getting rejections and submitting and getting rejections, but it's almost like my nursing books then eventually opened up the door for publishing my children's books. Oh, yeah, that, pers like, perseverance, like, you kept on trying and, like, it led you to where you are today. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I never gave up the dream. Sometimes I got very discouraged. You know, getting rejections can be very tough. Yeah. <laughs> But they are a part of being a writer. So you just, you have to kind of take the good and the not so good. 
Yeah. So what inspired you to start writing like in the first place? Okay. So this kind of goes way back. Um, When I was in grade school, one of our assignments, I think it was sixth grade, was to um, write um, like a mystery book. And so we were able to write with a partner. So I wrote with my best friend and, you know, we wrote this really silly kind of mystery, you know, with ghastly duos and finding clues and solving the mystery and stuff. And so from that point forward, um, I kind of knew I just wanted to write. And so when I went to high school, even though I knew I wanted to be a nurse, I took a lot of creative writing courses and I journaled a lot. And I just kept writing. Even when I first went into nursing, I started a little newsletter. So writing was always kind of in my blood, if you will, and I just never stopped wanting it. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. I have friends that, like, write little short stories in class and stuff, and they really, like, like to write. Yeah, it's just, it's almost like, it's just something within you. So if I sit down, I mean, I used to write a lot more, you know, on, in notebooks and, and on scraps of paper. And now I still do that, but, of course, everything's more on laptops. So, it, you know, writing has changed a bit. But when I'm sitting out on the beach on Montauk, I have my notebook with me all the time. Yeah. And so you talked about, like, getting your ideas when you're at the beach. Do you, Is there ever, like, any other places that you come up with ideas, like just random things that you're doing that like spark something? Oh, yeah, all the time. So one of my um, first picture books that came out, Same Inside, Different Outside, that was really kind of sparked by my nursing background, um, being a nurse and teaching about cultural diversity in a Bachelor of Nursing program. It just started to make me think more and more about how concepts had to become you know, really introduce so much earlier about, you know, how we might look different on the outside, but we really are very, very similar. And so that's how I kind of came up with the idea for that book. Um, And then put in the human body and, and, you know, kind of used it as a a lesson also about the body. Um, And then my One-Eyed Pug book is actually based on a true story about what happened to my pug and um, a little Boston Terrier. So that's a work of fiction, but the story came out of my idea because, um, you know, it was such a really, you know, sad time in many ways um, about what happened to my pug. And so having to write about it was very, you know, cathartic in a way. Yeah. And so you mentioned how you are a nurse and you live in New York. How is mm-hmm. COVID-19 affecting you and your friends and family? Uh, so it, of course, has affected us um, in many ways. And um, some of my friends and, you know, students who have graduated from my nursing school are on the front line. I am in academia, so I teach nurses. So, you know, we've had to move everything online and do everything virtual. And everyone's home and everyone's, you know, really you know, following the guidelines to the best of their ability, wearing masks, socially distancing. But um, I would say it's really more my students and some of my friends who are still practicing in the hospital setting that have really been, you know, greatly affected by this. It must, like, is it, was it hard to transition to online teaching? Like, I know as a student, it's really, it's really different. So I can only imagine what it's like as a teacher. 
It's been very, very difficult, and I am an associate dean now, so I'm not really teaching per se, but we had to work on getting everybody online and the students and the faculty. And like you say, I had taught online, so I was okay with online, but if it's something that you're not used to, it's very difficult. I don't think people realize how difficult online learning is until they actually do it. And, you know, if you can think, we're nurses, so our students have clinical experiences. They go into a hospital or healthcare setting. So we had to um, purchase all these virtual simulations so we could give them the experiences that they needed in a different way. Yeah, like I feel like it's hard to not have that face-to-face interaction, you know. It's like it's weird how you connect with your student or like students like from an online setting. So like do you think they will be able to graduate without face-to-face experiences in the nursing world? They will. They will. And, and, you know, one thing um, with online platforms and the use of Zoom, um, so we do a lot of Zoom meetings. So we we get to have a lot of face-to-face, and we have something called Blackboard Collaborate. That's part of our learning management. So even though we we can't be in person, although we're gearing up for that um, in some fashion, you know, coming into the end of the summer and the fall, uh, we've been able to really... um, give them experiences, and and clearly at some point our students need hospital-based experiences, Um, but we've been able to do, um, I think, a pretty good job, and and there's been a lot about simulations, and we bought simulations that have been developed by a company, and so they're very high caliber, and and we made a lot of plans um, so that we could give the students the best. And we had students graduate this May, um, and we'll have a group graduate this summer, and they'll be out practicing, so... Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's like with all the advancements in technology these days, I feel like it makes this situation a little bit easier, like with all the online simulations and all the like different platforms we can now use to talk and like on the internet. And so like, do you feel, do you ever feel like all these like advancements in technology affects people's writing like being an author with such in an era where there's new like technologies every single day like does that affect your work uh well for me it actually helps my work a lot because with all this technology um and platforms and social media especially so i you know, I've met so many writers on, you know, things like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and using my website. And so um, those platforms have been really great um, for my writing because you do, even, you know, with this interview today, <laughs> you know, it yeah. came about, um, you know, from Authors Guild, which is a, you know, an organization I belong to. So I think in, in a lot of ways, technology has helped my writing a lot. Um, and even, you know, it's, it's easier to edit your work and, and do all those kinds of things and find critique partners um, and share, share your, your writing and your ideas. Yeah, that is a good point. And like, so what's the best part of being an author? Like, what's your favorite memory, your favorite part of the day and doing like writing? 
So there's a few. Um, I would say on a personal level, when you write something, when you, you get to like your finished product, even though it's never totally finished because it's always being edited and revised, but there's such a feeling of accomplishment when you can actually finish one of your stories, whether it's a picture book or a chapter book. I'm very eclectic, so I kind of write <laughs> in all different areas and age groups, but um, not everyone does that. A lot of people are focused on one area. So, so that's one great uh, accomplishment and joy. And then the other thing is um, being able to go into schools and bookstores and other venues to share my passion for writing and my journey for writing and, and to hear, like, you know, kids that so many will tell me that they want to write too, which is just so, you know, joyful to know that kids love to read and they love to write. And, you know, reading is so important for all of us, but especially our children. There's so many studies yeah. that show, you know, success and, and academics, you know, when children are read to a lot, when they read a lot. So there's definitely, you know, a big connection there. Yeah, it. it I feel like kids nowadays are reading less because, like, they spend so much time watching TV or, like, playing video games. And I feel like it's kind of sad um, to see that. But with that, um, what is the most hardest part of being a writer, like an author, like what's the most challenging part? Um, so one, one of, I, I would say rejections, you know, getting rejected is, is very challenging because you have a, pro, um, you know, your manuscript that you've polished and you feel really pretty good about and then you submit it. Um, and it's a long process finding someone who's going to share your passion. And it doesn't mean it's not a good manuscript, but the publisher and or agent and or editor really have to kind of share your passion for it. So I think that's, that's one of the hardest things is that, you know, this, this kind of go around of, of trying to get published and facing rejections. But then when you get the acceptance, it's so joyful. So it kind of makes yeah. all that other, <laughs> the rejections aren't that bad because eventually as long as you persevere and you persist and you keep trying and you're open to editing and improving, um, you know, eventually you usually find a home for your, your manuscript. And with COVID, like, has it been hard for you as an author with everything canceled? We are trying to help authors as much as possible by providing this platform for authors with super smart Sundays. But I can only imagine how difficult it is now, like, especially like with everything, like being able to share your writing with kids, like not being able to see them face to face, that type of thing. Oh, it truly is. I mean, you know, one of my, you know, the visitor from 4D came out at the end of December, and normally I would have had some book events, but it just wasn't happening. And, um, you know, because even though we didn't really go on lockdown right away, things were already starting to kind of happen. And so uh, I had one or two book, you know, events, and, and then kind of it stopped. And so what I did do, though, was I read some of my smaller books um, online, and, um, you know, I tried to share that way. Uh, my niece is a teacher, so definitely for her and a friend of mine, 
um, you know, a few teams, so definitely sharing with them. But then I just shared it widely for whoever wanted. And um, one exciting thing that happened um, due to COVID was that uh, Laura Harris is a reporter from NBC5 um, in Texas, and she read my book, Same Inside, Different Outside, um, on her program. So that, that was pretty cool. Oh, that is exciting. so cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been hard. Like, one of my contracts was canceled due to, um, you know, COVID um, yeah. for one of my uh, picture books, Booch the Pooch. But then I had um, another publisher picked it up. So that was, you know, good and bad. <laughs> yeah. So are you working on any new projects now? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I am always working on something. So, um Right now, I'm, I have a little detective series that I'm trying to find a home for, and it's called um, Detective Natty and Doggy Dale, and it's about a little girl detective who solves mystery with her dog, who's a ghost, who used to solve mysteries with her grandparents and so her great-grandparents. So I'm trying to find a house for that, you know, a publishing house. Oh, that and sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really... Um, I love the concept in it. There's four mini mysteries. There's a bunch of diverse characters. So um, I do have someone reviewing it now, so fingers crossed. And um, I'm also working on a middle-grade book called Hannah and the Hobgoblins. And, um, you know, one thing with COVID, I've had some writer's block, so that I should have submitted that already to my publisher. Um, but I'm, I'm making progress again, so, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there going to be a sequel to The Visitor from 4D? I hope to write the sequel to that. Um, it, um, I know you have copies. I'm not sure if you read it, but if you read the ending, it is um, it leaves you with, um, you know, the knowledge that a sequel could be on the horizon. Oh, and... <laughs> That's cool. And do you work with a literary agent? No, um, not yet. I've, I've tried, um, you know, to uh, find an agent. I haven't been successful, but I've been successful, you know, finding publishers on my own. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of pros to having a literary agent, but, you know, it's, it's very competitive. Yeah. And do you have any characters, like, from any of the books that you wrote, like, that you really relate to, that really you love, like, you find, like, it represents you or something that you have a really strong passion for? Um, yeah, there's, <laughs> I guess, several. I mean, you know, the same inside, different outside definitely represents, you know, how strongly I feel about um cultural diversity and cultural concepts and, and having kids understand our similarities and our differences. So that's definitely one that I'm very passionate about. And um, the one I pug is kind of based on my family and I, so that's, uh, that's kind of a, another one that's Aww. very near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah. And then the visitor from 4D, because again, it's kind of loosely based on my children when they were younger. And that book took me many years to write, so uh, some of my books have gone much quicker, but um, The Visitor from 4D, I started it a long time ago, and, and then it just, I had put it down and kind of went back to it. It took me a while to kind of figure out where I wanted to go with it. Um, yeah, and then, then I have a, my, one of my new books will be the boot, uh, will be Boots the Pooch, and so it's about a, you know, um, 
Uncle Joe and his Italian hunting dog and about winning a championship. And so it's about someone who's kind of very special to me. And so, um, so that, that's an exciting book. Yeah, I guess I have a very deep connection with all of my books, I would say. Yeah. Um, that's really cool and interesting. I feel like with a lot of books, like authors tend to have a really close connection with their characters, which is really cool. And so you mentioned like how the visitor the your most recent book it's based off of your children and so did your children have a special visitor um no you know it's funny um I think what happened is though when we would go because I always loved writing and storytelling so we'd go to Montauk all the time every year and so when I was out there I would always make up all kinds of stories and so I think um you know, when I thought about, you know, time travel and dimension traveling and stuff, I thought, well, how cool would it be for this visitor to come and, you know, be with these kids? But then the kids, if you read the story, they really don't tell their parents. So the parents are kind of in the dark the whole time and, and the yeah. kids, you know, doing their own, you know, helping this visitor. And, and it's nice because the visitor and the kids realize that their each world has like something positive about it, but also something negative about it. Oh, I love that. Um, so how, like you mentioned how that book takes, like took you several years to write, like how like long on average does your novels normally take to write? So, um, I write a lot of picture books and those, um, those are fairly quick. I mean, those could be just a few months. And then there's a lot of polishing and editing. Um, my the, the Hannah and the Hobgoblins, that book, which is kind of a, also a, a middle grade book, um, that's, I think I've been working on that for about a year. But I also kind of like go into other projects sometimes. So sometimes if I, you know, if I get stuck on one thing, then I'll go into something different. So I'll kind of go into a new project. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, and so um, it's a oh, lengthy just, process. It definitely takes a while. It's not something that you can do in one night. No, no. I mean, you might get your concepts down. Like I might get my idea down. Um, the visitor of Bordy was going to be smaller, though. I think I originally kind of thought it as a chapter book, and it ended up being a middle grade book. But it's it's not a very lengthy middle grade book, so middle grade books can kind of go across an age span. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I do try to think about, like, how, like, I usually try to make at least a rough outline so that I kind of know what the ending is. But with The Visitor from 4D, I didn't exactly know how it was going to end. Yeah, so do you just, like, maybe you're doing something one day and then you have a new idea of how to end the novel or a different idea for an outline for a character type of thing? Mm-hmm. That's cool. And so what advice would you give to a new author, a new aspiring author? Yeah. um, So I would give them um, several things. First, I would say if it's your dream to be a writer, then you should follow the dream. You know, just that's if you really want to do it, you you can write. Um, And the more you write, if you want to be a writer, you have to write every single day. Because the more you write, and it can be anything that you're writing, um, 
the words start to flow easier. I would also recommend, like, when I when I really decided to get really serious, I read every book I could find on the subject of writing and publishing. I took some online classes. I took a correspondence class. So I did whatever I could um, to kind of open myself up. And a lot of times you start with a short story. And so that, you know, originally I had my first publications with, with a short um, story, fiction story, uh, a couple of them. And so, you know, not everybody does it that way. Some people are lucky. They just get a book immediately and it gets published. So um, I think also, you know, knowing the journey is different for everybody um, and also being open to constructive criticism. It's good to have a, a critique group. It's good to have, um, you know, beta readers. Those are very helpful. I belong to the Society of Children's Books Writers and Illustrators. Um, they have a lot of little conferences that they do, and um, sometimes you can go and have your first page of your work critiqued, and that's very helpful. So, um, you know, and believe in yourself. I think that's kind of the most important thing about being a writer. And when you were younger, did you used to have a journal, like, that you would write in every day? Yes. Yeah, and I still journal. Um, so I, I do, I believe journaling um in my nursing program, we're very um, holistic-based, and so we always emphasize, and some of that's in my, the book I penned with my daughter, um, but we, you know, we emphasize a lot of, like, integrative, holistic self-care practices. So journaling is a big one. Meditation is another one. Um, essential oils, uh, special, you know, herbal teas. So there's a lot of things that um, you can do, mind-body healing, to really help yourself, therapeutic touch, um, so I think those are just things that are, um, you know, very important for yourself. Yeah. It must've been fun to work with your daughter. It, it truly was. And I'm not even sure how we came up with that idea, except that she had studied, she's an English um, major, but she had studied integrative health and herbal medicine in Vermont. And so, I think, you know, I always, I had a lot of the holistic practices on journaling and meditation and um, you know, therapeutic touch, and then she brought in the whole pieces about um, essential oils. I had a little knowledge, but she had so much more, um, and about aromatherapy and all the teas, and so she brought in that whole piece of it. Um, and I have to tell you something funny. When, you know, we were still meeting in person, um, I bring this mason jar with me, and it's, it's tea. It's, you know, different herbal teas, and raw honey and turmeric and cinnamon. But um, one day, one of the uh, my colleagues at work called it my moonshine, so then everyone started calling my tea moonshine. <laughs> so, um, but it was fun to write with her, and we got my yeah. son... Um, I have two sons, and so, you know, one son wrote about meditation um, in the book. Uh, no, sorry. One son wrote about uh, journaling. Um, my oldest son wrote about cycling, and his fiance wrote about um, meditation. So we kind of got – that was like the family book. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, thank you so much, Deborah, for sharing your insight on The Visitor from 4D and about the journey of writing. More about Deborah on her website at um, http slash drhuntsrndigest.com and her Twitter at debdoll25 and Instagram at montaukdeb.
Show your love for more segments by donating to the Be the Star You Are 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at www.bethestarur.org. I'm Andrea Smith. Keep listening for more about time travel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel the white house doctor makes house calls listen every week for house calls with dr connie mariano dr connie has served as the white house physician under three u.s presidents now she joins the voice america empowerment channel to help you enrich yourself physically emotionally and spiritually our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic Review, all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Andrea Smith, and this week's show revolves around time travel. For this last segment, I'm so happy to present my second installment of In the Spotlight. 
Today, I will be talking about climate change and what the future will look like regarding our lives, the lives of others, and all the living species on this planet if we continue to ignore the increasing threat of global warming and the detrimental impacts it will have on our Earth. I was inspired by today's edition when I went to the Channel Islands last week with my best friend, Bella. The motto that they have is California before it was inhabited by humans. And let me just say, it was the most beautiful and serene place I've ever been to. The amount of wildlife and biodiversity, it was just spectacular. On the way there, we even ran into a pod of over a thousand dolphins and just hearing them breathe and jump in and out of the water, it was truly something I will never forget. We then kayaked and explored all the sea caves and saw so many different types of fish and sea creatures. Um, Thinking about this, about this memory, it's bittersweet because with Everything happening in the world right now, the global warming and climate change is often left under the shadows. The fact of the matter is, is that since the Industrial Revolution, our planet has never seen a greater increase in temperature, even from the Ice Age. From 1880 to 2012, the average global temperature raised by 85 degrees Celsius. Without action, temperatures are predicted to rise three degrees just by the end of this century. The changes in temperature seen in our world today has been the most rapid changes in temperature the world has ever faced. And from this, sea levels have risen and the amounts of snow and ice have diminished. From 1901 to 2010 alone, the global average sea level increased by 19 centimeters. Now, this is just a ton of numbers and statistics that you might think to yourself, how will a few degrees in temperature affect me or the planet that I live on? Well, from the threatening rise of sea levels that affect marine life to the shifting weather and patterns that hurt food production, the impacts of climate change affects everyone and everything on our planet in a record-breaking scale. In addition to this, climate change is accelerating our world's sixth mass extinction. World biodiversity has declined alarmingly in half a century with more than 25,000 species in danger of disappearing and over 87,000 species currently endangered. Human activity, the consumption of fossil fuels, the acidification of oceans, pollution, deforestation, and forced migrations threaten life forms of all kind. It is estimated that one-third of corals, freshwater mollusks, sharks, and rays, one-fourth of all mammals, one-fifth of all reptiles, and one-sixth of all birds are heading toward extinction. 
this doesn't just affect global ecosystems, but it also affects our food security. And with our human population predicted to hit 9.5 billion by 2050, scientists are worrying about the limits to the life-sustaining resources on our planet as our species continues to grow indefinitely. Bees who pollinate over a hundred species of crops that provide 90% of humanity's food are declining at a concerning rate. In 1998, the Department of Agriculture in the United States has counted 2.5 million hives in 2015 compared to over 5 million in 1998. This is just one aspect of human activity that is greatly damaging our planet. Other topics regarding climate change is the disappearance of rainforests. Rainforests once covered 14% of Earth's land surface, and now they cover a mere 6%. Looking at the future, experts estimate that the last remaining rainforest could be consumed in less than 40 years. Every second, one and a half acres of rainforests are lost, and with that, nearly half of the world's species of plants, animals, and microorganisms will be destroyed or severely threatened over the next quarter century due to deforestation. The future of our planet greatly depends on us. While these statistics are not pretty, we still have time to change our actions to create a better world for the generations to come. So what can you do? Sign local petitions, vote for legislators who care about environmental policy, recycle and reuse single-use plastics, try to carpool as much as you can, or even invest in an electric vehicle. Change is in our hands, so let's fight together and protect our earth that is filled with so much beauty and life so that 50 years from now, we can look back with gratitude knowing that we were the generation that saved this planet. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. It's been my pleasure to host and report today. Thanks for listening to our time travel program. Please support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community charity efforts and outreach programs at bethestarur.org. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Andrea Smith. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Star. 
Yourself. 